Before we dive into this episode, I want you to think about what it would feel like to have your dream clients begging to work with you. Your DMs are flooding with inquiries, emails are pouring in, and your past clients are sending over all of their friends to work with you. Trust me, babe, you've been putting in the work, investing in your education, and reaching new levels in your self-development and skills. I see you. But do your dream clients actually see you online? I have a handful of intuitive content coaching calls available and would love the opportunity to help you shine online. Check out kianamarie.com slash connect to learn more. Together, we work closely to generate a ton of content for your business, not just trends, but genuine content that feels true to you and your business. From my kitchen table to yours, we come up with a content plan flooded with behind the scenes clips, client experience, and upcoming events. You are a big deal, my love. We just need more people to know about you. Let's capture that twinkle in your eye and share your passions online. Your dream clients are just one scroll away from finding you. Let's connect with them. Find more details at kianamarie.com slash connect. I can't wait to see you shine online. Now let's get this party started. Today, I have the honor of introducing you to Mr. Rodriguez, my very own high school photography teacher. His classroom is where I was first introduced to the inner workings of the camera, the magic of light, and just the pure joy in learning about cameras and the connection that we can make with our clients and our subjects. As I've started this podcast, I feel it's just so important to give you a glimpse of the people and the souls and the incredible influencers, like real life influencers in my life that have made a difference in my growth and have supported my business beyond measure. I could not think of a better guest than Mr. Rodriguez. Let's go. Welcome to Keanu Marie Weekly, a podcast for creatives who love to celebrate wins, big or small, by dancing in the kitchen, photographers who are excited to serve their clients, and friends who are ready to chase really, really big dreams. You can find all the resources mentioned in this episode at kianamarie.com slash podcast. Join me as I share weekly motivation and chat about growing pains, finding genuine connections, and celebrating your wins through the lens of a photographer at heart. Come join me for a dance party. Ready? Let's go. All right. Welcome, Mr. Rodriguez. I am so, so thankful that you could take the time to join me today as one of my original high school photography teachers. Thank you so much, Kiana. I am so excited to be here to talk about art and all the things you do. This is an honor for me. I cannot believe how amazing uh, you have turned out to be. You always were amazing, but now you're a professional amazing. Ah, Thank you so much. I can't wait. Let's get started. Yes. Okay. So I have a bundle of questions and as always, we can, you know, get off topic and start sharing more stories, but let's dive right into some of these questions. All right. So working in the classroom, I remember this and, and thinking too, of you of being a teacher for over 23 years, you have seen so much technology change and grow. And basically every year there's new camera gear, there's new technology. And my question is, as your classes are constantly evolving, what type of, um, you know, and different cameras are available what makes uh, photography 
stand the test of time? Let's see. Stand the test of time. Well, we talk about this in class all the time. Photography doesn't just record the moment. Photography um, kind of freezes the entire story for all of eternity. So we used to have these discussions in class about how it doesn't just freeze the moment, but it freezes the emotion that goes along with the moment. So you can see some of these photos from back in the day um, and you can feel the emotion from the people in the photographs. The, uh, the older African-American man responding to the death of FDR and he's crying and you're just like, oh my God. You know, the girl from Vietnam War, these are all Pulitzer Prize winning photographs, you know, and she's running down the street, you know, after being bombed and yes, yes. her skin. Yeah. And you're just going, oh my God. So you can feel that emotion. The emotion is timeless, black and white color. It doesn't matter. That's the beauty of photography is it records everything about the moment, not just what's going on, but the emotion I think is the most powerful. And that's what resonates with audiences, you know, way into the future. Yes. And what would you say your advice is when, cause as you're talking about these, these transformational photos, right? Like these images that bring you into the moment, what is the difference between capturing a photo versus curating and creating that picture? So like when you're, cause you know, you, you just listed off some incredible historical events that when we see these photos, we just are instantly brought back into time. And yeah, then, And then for me, for example, without getting off crazy of a tangent, but as a wedding photographer or a portrait photographer, a lot of times I'm actually making things happen, right? Like evoking emotion. Right. Yeah. So there is that difference between, you know, posing and then capturing, right? The, uh, the news photographer has to put themselves in a position to, to be there for the moment, you know, so they have to prepare they have to predict and they have to go, you know, they have to go prepared, basically show up at the right place at the right time to capture those great moments. You are making them happen. You know, when it's going to happen, right? You've got the dates already set. I think probably correct me if I'm wrong, but the challenge for you is to, is to uh, deal with all of the people involved uh, and keeping them calm and, and organized and getting them to do what you know they need to do to make the great photos. So they can look back on them 10, 20 years from now and go, oh, my gosh, and have that rush of emotion. So it's kind of a different approach, but same. You're going in there prepared. You're predicting what's going to happen and how you're going to deal with it. And if you don't have an answer for it, you should go in uh, with an answer for it. Hey, you know, things happen. Being flexible, I'm sure it's a huge part of what you do and a huge part of being a photographer, uh, but being ready for any situation, I think is super important. Well, and that goes for any, any industry. I mean, you never know what's going to happen at school every day. And that's what kind of makes it exciting. Just off topic and probably shouldn't talk about this, but we had a code red drill the other day where it's like a shooter drill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's something we didn't have back in your day, but we have these days. They let us run this time because it's called run, hide, defend. So when they said intruder, intruder in the main office, we, I said, okay, we're running. And so my whole class, we ran and we escaped military style, Uh, but we get outside, we do our role. And I said, Hey, what happened to this one kid? And someone said, I I saw him go that way. And we're like, what? And so I had to report him as missing. Well, they found him down the street. He took run. Literally. He thought we were running for real. 
So he wow. ran like a block away. He ran all the way, like he ran, 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 and didn't stop. Anyway, so we had to find good old Frankie and we had to get him back to the class. And he comes back and we're all back in the classroom and he's just sweating. And it was just one of those moments like, what the heck is going on? Right. But, you know, these moments, you never know when something weird's going to happen. You just got to be ready for it. As I'm sure you are deal with all the time in your biz. Right. The flower girl's crying and throwing a tantrum. I don't know how you deal with it. Uh, I have to deal with uh, high schoolers throwing their little tantrums, you know, all the time. So being prepared, being flexible and being willing to just stay calm under fire. Right. And I think that's important too, when you are juggling all these things. And I feel like, cause yes, as a photographer, wedding portrait photographer, I am blending both. I'm blending just kind of being a documenter and letting things unfold naturally. And then I'm also kind of being really proactive and posing. And I feel like that definitely plays a whole, it's a whole different ball game on wedding days when those, the stress is there. And, and I feel like we, we can have our checklist and we can go through and we have our traditions and our little checkpoints throughout the day that we're capturing, but you're right. We get a whole bunch of curveballs thrown at us and yeah. we have to be prepared. We have to be flexible and be on our toes. You got to be able to read the crowd and read the moment. Yes. If you start in with something and it's not happening, you got to be able to change direction like that. Yes. Right. And be um, ready to go. That's where experience comes in. Yeah. You know, knowing what's going to work, what's not going to work on any given day. I'm sure you deal with that just as much as I do. Yeah. Well, I remember I was so excited to chat with you about this exact kind of like little story from high school. I remember this one lesson you shared with us, and this was when we started photographing like for yearbook photos and stuff, when we'd have to go to sports games and we'd have to be kind of pushed out of our element and out of our comfort zone. I mean, you were sending us to football games, you know, supporting and photographing the games and, uh, going to wrestling matches and volleyball games. And I remember, I just remember you always telling us, don't be weird. Don't be weird. And I really, I really wanted to bring this up and have this conversation for really? I said, don't be weird. Yes, but, but, but here's what the, what the context was. Okay. So I remember this basically you were sharing and sometimes today being weird is a gift, right? So let me share the context about not being weird. So basically what you were teaching us was when you go, let's say you are going to a volleyball game to go photograph these athletes show up and talk to people like, don't be like a stalker and don't be like a, like a weirdo just trying to take photos and be weird. I remember that conversation you had with us okay. a couple of times. Yeah. Cause and that it, makes sense now. Okay, exactly. I was like, let me give you some context about this because I remember when we would show up to these things and even back then, I'm still me. I was outgoing. I was friendly, but there were a lot of students that were definitely more introverted and definitely not athletes. And they would be intimidated going to these games, trying to photograph it. And so I just remember you always telling us like, as a photographer, you're going to have a backpack full of gear. You're going to possibly have tripods. You're going to make a scene, but don't be weird. Feel like you belong there and almost kind of immerse yourself into your surroundings. And well, that is. Yeah, I, I was going to say the key here to me, at least, is establish a relationship. You know, the second you get there, you know, you got to introduce yourself and start talking to people on a human level. Right. Yes. No matter what you do, you got to have that human connection. 
you can't just be like you said a weirdo and I can't yeah. believe I use those words weird but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I totally get get where I was coming from and I'm, I'm glad that that resonated with you because you are such a personable person and I think that's what stands out in your photography is that you are like making pals with these people that you know are your clients you are establishing that one-on-one so they trust you and you know as a teacher that is so important they literally have these like you know almost like the rule book for how to establish relationships with students greet them at the front door say hello use their name you know it's literally like a code book these days Mm -hmm. um ask them about their sports game you know this kind of thing and i'm like dude, I've been doing that for years. That's just who I am. And that's who you are too. And that's, I think, a huge part of being successful at anything. Establish relationships with people um, so that they are comfortable with you and that they get their best from you and you can get the best from them, right? Absolutely. Trust is what relationships all about. Trust. Yes. And I feel like it always starts with just sparking that conversation is just like you said, from the get go, just say, hi, introduce yourself, get the conversation going. And I feel like the more people can talk and kind of develop that friendship, or at least that relatability, I feel like that's when kind of like their guard gets left down and they feel like more themselves. And that's when the magic happens for portraits. Absolutely. Last year, that was the hardest part of my job was establishing any kind of relationship with the students. We taught our entire school year. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. Our whole school year was via Zoom last year. And it was so hard just to, there were days, Kiana, where I was literally just staring at the screen going, hello, would anybody like to share with me? Would anybody like to talk to me? You know, this is, and I'd go on with my lesson and I'd be like, look what I'm doing. I made a painting too, look. Who wants to share theirs? I mean, I really felt like it was, man, was it really hard. It was so hard. And I don't, I'm not exactly sure what you were doing during that lockdown kind of time. Were you able to get out there and do weddings or was that when you were kind of reaching out and coming up with other ways to reach your, your clientele? Right. So that definitely was the biggest hit when I was deemed non-essential. It was literally illegal for me to go outside and shoot. And not only that, even though that, you know, the quarantine only lasted for a short amount of time, you know, being back and forth in California and then back here in Arizona, everyone had different comfort levels. There were some some opportunities where I could absolutely do photographs, but I was photographing families on porches instead of coming in like close proximity to them. Um, it was a hit. I 2020 and to be perfectly vulnerable and transparent, I probably took a hit of 80 to hundred K that year that I lost, um, from rescheduled weddings, from canceled weddings. I had to get really, really creative. And that's actually when I made a hard shift to online education. I started coaching more photographers and mentoring. And then I also really dove into content photography, which has been a lot of fun, which is basically a small business branding. So I, yeah, was- I saw a lot of this stuff that you're doing on, on Instagram. And I'm like, wow, I was, that's when I was like mind blown by how you took just your love for photography and started in one spot, but then was forced to just kind of expand. I think you probably would have expanded anyway, yeah. but you've taken it to this 
monster level that's just uh, very impressive, Kiana. <laughs> very you. impressive. Well, so, I was in I was in survival mode. It was either either figure it out and be creative and still incorporate and weave what you love into something new. Or I would have had to go back and get a job. I would have, you would have seen me at Trader Joe's. You would have seen I was going to say, am I going to yeah. see you back at the Almaden Trader Joe's? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Which I, I will mean, never forget running into you there when I went and you're, you're working. And I was like, Kiana, what's up? And yeah. you were like, I'll be out of here soon, Mr. Rodriguez. I am going to be out of here soon. And I was like, oh, well, at least I know where to find you right now. Yeah. I don't know where you're going to be once you start photography be as a business and you're like oh yeah I'm gonna do it full time I'm doing it full time and I was like okay cool I think that's when you were showing up once a year to help out in my classroom yeah uh, and especially the students with portrait photos because to them it's like yeah yeah okay done you know they just kind of want to be done but then there's those kids that are like okay I'm gonna take this now this now this now this now yeah this. you know um yeah nowadays they're not afraid but you know, what was it? Five, six years ago, they would take one or two and be done. And I, my message was always, you need to take 10 to get one good one. So in order to get 10 to turn in, you got to get, you got to do at least a hundred, you know, and they just couldn't, certain kids just couldn't get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ones that do, you know, they're the ones that aren't afraid to push the button. We were in a training not too long ago. And they said, one of the problems with educators today especially you older educators, is the fear of, of touching the button. And I'm like, what? What the heck does that mean? They're all the fear of making a mistake when you push the button. And I still have that when it comes to technology. I'm afraid to mess up. And I think a lot of young artists, especially young photographers, they're afraid to touch the button. But you have to, you have to do it over and over and over and over again. You know, the old saying that you got to do something 10,000 times to master it or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forget exactly what that is, but you have to repeat things over and over and over again if you expect to be any good and you got to push the button. And even though I know this to be true, I'm always afraid to push the button when it comes to technology. I don't know if you can see, we've got this dock cam stand here and they gave us brand new iPads and said, okay, there's an iPad, there's your stand, start using it. And we got these big fancy 70 80 inch monitors now that we're blasting everything to and you can go up and touch it and it's basically a computer on a screen wow it's you know (laughs) the other day i had pictures up on my thing and you can go up and select the um the the drawing tools and i can literally draw on the photographs and i'm like this is kind of fun you know so technology like you were saying earlier just, you know, blown out the doors. But I think I will never forget that the technology is not the art. The technology is the tool. It's like the pencil. It's the tool. It's what you do with that technology, what you do with that tool that matters. So in photography, it's how you set up the shot that is more important than what you're shooting it with. Yes. Um, Oh my goodness. I'm over here clapping. Cause yes, that is, that's a mic. <laughs> well, I'm hoping you learned right some of this from me back in the day. Yep. To me, I think too much in education, especially they're so seduced by the technology. And I'm sure you get these questions all the time. Oh, what camera should I use? What lens should I use? 
And I sure hope you're saying one that works <laughs> because <laughs> the brand doesn't answer. matter. You know, it's, it's what you do with it that matters. Um, and I get it every day, you know, administrators wanting to know, what are you using? I used to get in my animation class. You remember I used to teach animation? Yes, yes. People used to ask me all the time, oh, what program do you use for animation? And I said, your own two hands, paper and pencil. That's what we use yeah. because that's all you need to make animation happen. And they're like, what? I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you don't know anything about it. It's all about learning the principles, the basic ideas to make it happen. You can you can make it come to life with any manner of technology as long yep. as you understand the basics. And uh, this year in my art class, I really noticed that in most art classes, they um, don't get enough composition. How to, you know, in photography, I taught so much how to set up the shot. Mm -hmm. um, but I realized that in, in art, in drawing and painting, they don't really teach a lot of how to set up you know, the drawing, how to set up the painting, how to set up, how to arrange it and all of this kind of stuff. And in photography, to me, that was the most important thing ever. So I did a lot more composition, rule of thirds, you know, all the balance and, and all of the positive and negative space and all of these things. I did so much more of it at the beginning of the school year with my art class and I'm seeing it starting to pay off. In photo, it really pays off pretty quick. You can see who's getting it. And if you keep hammering home those ideas all year long, and then, you know, by, by the end of the first semester, they're able to talk positive, negative space and leading lines and all of these kinds of things, it becomes second nature. And I'm hoping to bring that into my drawing classes a lot more. You had asked me a question earlier, and maybe this was in the prep questions, but about, um, what is important, you know, in terms yeah. of beginners? Wasn't that one of the questions? To me, the most important thing is how to take a shot. And it doesn't matter the tool you do it with. We don't, in public school, have the funds for everybody to be carrying around a DSLR. Although very clever people like my colleague here are able to amass enough cameras, buying a few every year, to where uh, they're able to check them out to the students, which is fabulous. Um, but to me, it's not about the technology. And so my last years at uh, Leland, we were doing strictly cell phone photography. Uh, and I think it kept things simple because you have this tool that's cap completely capable of doing, you know, all basic forms of photography. And then it becomes more about what you're doing with the camera as opposed to the camera itself. So we just adapted all of our lessons to be, instead of learning, for example, Photoshop, it was learning how to use uh, photo editing apps, that type of thing. Uh, and in fact, one of the lessons I had them doing in the last few years was uh, writing reviews of the various editing apps, what it could do and what it couldn't do. And then they had to apply the various effects and whatnot. And then they had to, they basically had to tutor the rest of the class. They had to give a presentation on how to achieve these certain effects using the photo app. Anyway, awesome. but it, you know, it's not about the tool. It's about the person wielding the tool, the artist. Uh, and if you teach them the basics, I think you can go so, so far.
Yeah. Well, and that's the crazy part. Just like we chatted about earlier is technology is forever growing. So what is the root of photography? Like I always talk about my business being the heart behind the lens is having that eye and being present and showing up and being able to create those images, no matter what you're using. I think that is definitely an important lesson. And and even just in life in general, right. It doesn't even matter how expensive your car is. It doesn't matter, you know, what your home looks like, like, does it do its job and do you feel safe and do you feel seen? I think that's so important. If anybody asked me today, how should I get started in photography? I say, well, do you have a camera in your pocket? Chances are you do. So use that and focus on, you know, how to frame a shot, start with the rule of thirds and go from there. And I also recommend staying black and white for a while. I don't know if you do remember that we started like most of the first semester was all black and white photography because I think that it teaches you how to see the shapes, the forms, the lines, the positive, the negative, those things, which are more important to setting up a good photo color distracts you completely, you know, and you fall in love with the color and you makes it harder to see all those other things. And I believe those other things are way more important. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I remember the black and white stuff. I remember even making a pinhole camera in your class. Oh yeah. That was so much fun. We did that every year I was at, uh, at Leland. And when we lost the dark rooms, we did it like in a closet. I mean, we were, yeah, we were doing it in the animation recording room my last few years there. Uh, and I would go out and I would find the photochemicals to buy. And I think even the last year I had to order them on Amazon and pay wow. for them myself and set up a little dark room with some trays in the back room type of thing. But it, it was all about showing the students how simple photography really is. You know, you just need the basic dark box aperture hole to let the light in natural and light. Then the light sensitive material to record the image on that's all you need to make photography happen it's just a simple light box i think that was the whole point to the exercise was to show you how easy how basic and how fun mm-hmm. it was I'm glad you remember that. Yeah, I do. In fact, I think I even have the actual pictures of it because the, the light box that we created was like a 360 camera. Remember? So it like, oh, yeah, it created Are you talking a whole the, image. the um, ice cream tub. Was that yes. your camera? Yes. You built that one? Yes. Okay. I kept that all the way until when I left Leland. Wow. And then when I had to leave, I had to throw all those things away. And I was yeah. super duper sad to lose that. I lose, lost the... Uh, do you remember some kid made a uh, Mr. Potato Head camera? He took I... a Mr. Potato Head and made it into a camera. Oh my gosh, no, that sounds I want to say that was a boy from your class, the real tall kid. What was his name? Justin? I Kate, don't remember. Jason, Justin. Justin Barry, Juan. maybe? I shot his Yeah, wedding. yeah, it was Justin <laughs> Barry, I think, that made that. And you, you, it was you that made the 360 camera? Yeah. I showed students that your results because I saved something you guys had made. Yeah. And I showed them that every year. Look at these kids did. So cool. Oh, it was so much fun when I challenged you guys to make a unique pinhole camera. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was fun. That's so cool. Well, and it's cool to see, just like you said, like the inner workings of this and how simple it really is. And that's another thing. So like, let's, you know, move into another question here. I'm really excited for all these little conversations. Um, But as like, as things have evolved, it in all of our technology as photographers, 
we, and as journalists and as reporters, we actually have a lot more power than we think when it comes to simply photographing something. So like, so for example, back in the day when it was just a point and shoot this, it is what it was, right. It was like natural and it just, it was so real. Now things can be tampered with and things can be created to maybe make things look different than they are. Like, for example, you could turn a crowd of people. Maybe there's only four people there, but with the correct angle or with the correct, um, you know, style or something, you can actually manipulate photos. So where do you think, like, where do you draw that line as a photographer that you have to be transparent and be real and be a genuine human that you're documenting things the way they are instead of pushing an agenda or changing things? Like where where does that conversation go? Well, you can tell students (laughs) to be as, you know, keep things as real as possible, but you know, what, once people go out into the real world, they tend to do things that they think are right. Mm-hmm. We used to build a whole lesson around, uh, in fact, we did a whole week on ethics in photography. And this is one of the things we discussed. Are you truly portraying the subject as it is, or are you trying to push a certain point of view? And we researched the various, and uh, I think it's the Press Photographers Association. They actually have a code of ethics. And so we had students look that up and we would discuss the code of ethics and what the difference is between a creative photographer and a news photographer, because there's kind of a different standard, right? There's different objectives. Therefore, there's different, well, there's different rules yeah. you know, to follow. And it all depends on what your objective is. Are you a creative artist and you're just using the photography medium to you know, express yourself? Or are you a news photographer that's trying to show realism? and tell the truth. We used to say that the camera equaled reality. It Mm -hmm. used to equal reality. And that's why people would always say, well, look at the proof. It's the proof is in the picture. But nowadays, you know, you have to teach students how to be critical thinkers and think for themselves. And I just go, well, I see it in the photo. Therefore it's real. No, you have to be, you know, somewhat skeptical and ask questions. And if something doesn't make sense, you need to look into it. Unfortunately, you know, that doesn't happen as much as it probably should in our world these days. So we need kids growing up becoming critical thinkers and not just robots willing to listen to, you know, the loudest voice in their ear at the time. So that's the harder thing. But that is the challenge of many teachers to teach people, uh, students, how to think critically think for themselves, make up their own mind. I love that. And, so much. you know, photography is no different, right? Anyway. Yeah. No, <laughs> so this is it's, it's an ongoing challenge. It is. It is an ongoing challenge. So can you tell me, what do you love most about your job? What do I love most? Every day is different. Um, I have my lesson books and I've got, you know, last year's lessons and I write up this year's lessons and Every year it's different. I look at what we did last year and I look at what we're doing this year and the kids that we have this year. And you're always forced to kind of alter it. Well, if you're any good, you're always looking to be better. How can I do this better? But like I said, the other day I got to wear my pajamas to school. You know, some, (laughs) some days we have a rally and they ask teachers, we need some teachers to participate in the rally. So I said, well, heck yeah. I'll do that dance out 
on the football field in front of the entire school. Heck yeah, that is fun for me. I, you know, being a teacher every day is different. And I think that's the fun and the exciting thing about it. And you've got all these personalities that you get to, you get to touch their lives in a, you know, different way every day. Try to teach them something. You know, you're successful with some, you fail miserably with some and some you will never know until the day they walk back in. And I'm telling you, that is, I'm going to get emotional because there you are. The day they walk back in is the greatest day ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're so sweet. That's I, you know, I got to tell you a quick story about that. There was a kid in my class and he was right around your time, probably after, but he, he and his friends were the biggest goof offs. All they did was goof around all day. And, you know, I had to sit down and basically force them to do work. Well, any day uh, this kid, you know, left, left the school and, Several years after that, he came walking into my room in a full Marine dress uniform. And he said, I wanted to thank you for being such a great teacher, blah, blah, blah. I've grown up a few years, joined the military, and I'm going to be going to war, the war in Iraq. And I just wanted to thank you. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so I said, "Okay, well, hey, I'm so proud of you. Good luck. You're going to do great. Well, that wasn't the end of it. Uh, about a year or two later, must have been two years later, he walks back into my room after lunch period time. And I was like, hey, you're back. How are you? He goes, yeah, I've been back for a little while. He said, I wanted to, he, to show you something. And he gave me a CD. And he said, can you take a look at this? And it was a slideshow of all the photos that he and the members of his platoon or whatever uh, had taken in Iraq and he was in Fallujah. And so some of it was them goofing around on the base uh, and some were short little videos of them, you know, doing backflips off sand dunes. Uh, But others of it was them out on patrol, like shooting and dead bodies and blood and guts and destruction. And it was mind blowing. And then he goes, oh, I really want you to see this photo. though." And it was him riding on a tank going down the street. There was a wall. It was like all blown up, destruction everywhere. But he said, look, Mr. Rodriguez, I got the sun. I got the road leading lines leading right to the sun. It's magic hour. And the light is perfect. And he said, he's like... He said, is that great? Yeah. And I said, oh, my gosh, you, Kevin, you learned something. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was so proud of that photo. He said, I wanted to come in to show you that photo. That's and all I'm amazing. thinking was the photos of death and destruction. And he wanted to show me his sunset photo. Wow. And That's amazing. I asked him, what are you doing right now? He said, oh, I'm, I, I don't know. And I said, can you please stick around? This is my prep period, but my sixth period class is coming in. I want you to show them just what you showed me. And so he did. And I said, this is Kevin. I introduced him. He was in this class several years ago, but this is what he's done since. And he showed the pictures. And I swear to God, Kiana, it was the quietest that class had been all year. You could hear a pin drop. And it was dead silence in that room. And they just gave him 
so much respect. It, it, I was mind blown. This kid was the biggest screw off in the world, mm -hmm. but he came back and he taught me and those kids something that day. Wow. And it was, I mean, it was one of my great days. Yes, that's so emotional. I got to learn, you know, I got to learn. And that's, you know, that's great. Especially when someone like Kevin or like you come back and give back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're making an you impact. Know, for your listeners, you can't see me, but I'm losing my marbles yeah. right now. <laughs> Mr. I have an emotional wreck right now. <laughs> to see, you know, these, these people you knew as young people grow up and have mm -hmm. such a positive effect on the world and to learn something from you, yeah. it validates everything you do as a teacher every day that, you know what, you are doing something right. That's and it works. It's worth all the big bucks you get paid. You know, Right. I know. I wish we can make things different. I really wish we do. <laughs> well, hey, 23 years in, I finally got a decent salary now. Yes. Oh, you, know? you deserve it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sorry. Well I knew this would get emotional at some point. <laughs> You know me, I'm always dancing or crying, like happy yeah. tears. Well, you know what? That's life, right? If you're not on the edge, yes. where are you? I love yeah. it. Well, well, and it's funny too, because, you know, just to kind of wrap up here, like with, with photography and with my camera, it has always been a tool to make genuine connections. And I feel like that's something you taught us in class too, is, you know, you talk, talking to people, being vulnerable, putting yourself out there and using that camera as a tool to make new friends and to make new connections and to really make this better, like this place, this world, a brighter, better place. <laughs> well, I sure glad that you are doing such things like this. I mean, I've never been prouder, but I think you're right. You can use it as a tool to connect with others. I think, unfortunately, in today's day and age, they're so bombarded. Uh, literally, this is what I saw today during my finals. Yep. That's what I saw. I yep. looked out at the crowd. Anybody need any help? How's everybody doing? Yep. And this is what Just I saw. Hands For those of you in the audience, I have my cell phone right in front of my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that's all I saw all day long. Kids being bombarded by imagery. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, as I think, as image creators, we have to come up with ways to, to keep it human, you know, and to tap into those good things in life that we want people to learn, uh, to learn, to love, to respect, to trust, to give, you know, those types of things. We as artists can do so much to communicate what's important about life mm -hmm. uh, to our audiences. And uh, I am glad that you are a big part of that. I love it. I've never been more proud. I'm telling you. <laughs> I am beaming right now. Thank you. Oh, I'm glowing God. as red as my Christmas shirt right now. I know you got your shirt on. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation. I feel like this was like what I mentioned before, like when I created this podcast, it was so important to me to really introduce I, I want to say influencers. And when I say influencers, I don't mean just Instagram influencers that have tons of followers and are taking photos across the world. I'm talking about the genuine souls that help shape me into who I am today. And that absolutely includes you and my whole entire high school experience as I had my camera in my hands. And I just, I just want to thank you for being a part of this big launch. Oh my gosh. I am so honored to have been a part of this. It's so much fun. 
Thank this you. is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap on another episode of Kiana Marie Weekly. Thank you so much for your listenership and support. You can find the resources and show notes for this episode and more at kianamarie.com slash podcast. I'd be honored and so grateful if you'd showed your support by leaving a review and writing on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, keep on dancing.